Porch Podcast. Thank you for listening to us. Front Porch Podcast. Talking about things and stuff. All right, welcome to our very first episode of the Front Porch Podcast. I would be Phil. It would be, and I would be Jared. And I am Mike. And uh, it's it's around Halloween time. It's uh, mid-October. Actually, it's almost late October. What is it, the 21st today? The 21st so today. it's past mid-October, but we are, uh, we're getting spooky. We're the first two episodes. We're talking... Uh, Places in Buffalo that are uh, some talked about, some not so talked about, and Western New York in general. And uh, I think it's going to be an informative couple of episodes. Uh, going to get to uh, what do we got like today? Uh, Pigman Road. Mm-hmm. Pigman Road. We have Gutelberg Cemetery today. Yep. We're talking about Rolling Hills Asylum. Oh, yeah. There is a. Little Cemetery on Buffum Street in South Buffalo that we'll be covering, as well as Valen House. Valentown. Valentown House. Which is uh, in Rochester. It's in Rochacha. Uh, and to get us kicked off, let's start with Jared. What are you talking about first? Ah, awesome. Well, I'm going to launch right into the Buffalo Creek Reservation. Um it used to just be a Native American reservation here, and it was a part of Buffalo, uh, part of South Buffalo and a little bit of West Seneca. Um, it was a little area, and there's two cemeteries that I wanted to kind of touch on that kind of piqued my interest, especially because I used to have a friend who lived on the one street. No idea that this thing was there, Okay. So, which was interesting to me. I was like, oh, okay, like. He grew up this there whole time. had no idea the whole time. Yeah. Okay. No idea. No idea that that was a cemetery. And you'll find out why. So there are no gravestones there. Uh, it's basically, at this point, it's it's been desecrated. Um, in 2009, the city of Buffalo was in there, and they they dug a, a, a deep trench and ended up, Digging up all these bodies. Oh, wow. Had these skeletons. Um, Like you just dug them up and dumped them somewhere else? Yeah. (laughs) I don't think they dumped them somewhere else, but they were like, well, that's not right. (laughs) And there was, you know, obviously there was a public outcry about it. It was like, oh, well, we need to... We need to stop this. Yeah, I know there absolutely. was a change.org petition saying, like, stop the city of Buffalo. Oh, so this was recent. This was recent. This was uh, 11 years ago. Oh, wow. And this little cemetery, it's on Buffum Street, if you're familiar with South Buffalo. What's the uh, what's the name of this, uh, the cemetery? Uh, it's the Seneca Indian, India Park, Indian Park. Oh, wow. Jeez, really tripped over that one. But, yeah, it's – and – the thing that like blows my mind is like growing up there you just you don't even know there's one little plaque in the middle of the the cemetery just letting you know kind of giving a little bit of you know background saying like oh this used to be a missionary home and this is where you know they would they would teach the native americans about christianity and all that and you know but it it just 
from like walking past it or whatever, you'd have no idea. You'd just think it was like a nice park that you can go sit in. And uh, some of the some of the things that have happened since then are people have been seeing a small boy walking around the neighborhood who will just disappear. Huh. Which is kind of crazy. I mean, that's something that would scare me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah. Absolutely. Children are creepy. Yeah, they're just they're creepy, creepy in, in general. general. You know, that's just how it is. But I, uh, I feel like I've been there a few times myself. Yeah, it's... it's I lived over there for a very long time. And there's this, there was like a, the 1850 house, I think, is on Buffum. I've been inside yeah. of that before. Yeah. And uh, I did like a tour over there, so I, I must have hit that grave graveyard. You had to have, yeah. It's at the corner, so it's Field Street in Buffum. Okay. Which is, you know, it's right there. Is it still there? It's still there. So they stopped digging up and they just like left, put everything back. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, the city of Buffalo was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we better cover this up. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine being one of the workers, just like, have yeah, you- I'm gonna dig this out. Don't worry about it. Fuck. Like, Who the fuck is this? Have you seen Poltergeist? Like, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah happening like right here. Shit. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Uh, it's horrifying. And then the the second story that I had was apparently there was a witch uh, practicing witchcraft, uh, Native American, also uh, on the Indian re- on the reservation, and uh, this was over on Main Street. In West Seneca, there's like a small cemetery that's still there to this day. This one at least has headstones, so you know it's a cemetery. Like, people are aware. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't and, dig here. Yeah, don't dig here. Don't, you know. So living in West Seneca, I know I've driven by that one. It's a small little thing, It's a, Yeah, it's very small. It's almost like the size of a plot of a house. It's, you know, like maybe a double lot at best. That's creepy because it's like... If I remember right, it's like right in between two houses. It's yeah, it's sandwiched between two houses. I would say the hell with that, and I would move immediately. <laughs> there was a, a house in Brockport, I think, that went viral a couple of years ago because it had a for sale sign on it, and uh, it was across the street from a cemetery. And on the for sale sign, it said uh, "Quiet Neighbors." <laughs> so I mean, there are perks living next to a cemetery. Yeah, hey, there you go. The yeah, quietest of neighbors. You know they're not throwing parties. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah, that. ghost parties. Ghost. Yeah, you never know, man. That was a hell of a ghost party. Bringing you know full circle back to Poltergeist. Okay. Uh, I just, right. Uh, so with creepy old cemeteries, I mean, why is it that every ghost is from the 1800s or the early 1900s, like? Never get a ghost from 2007 just bumping techno. There's there's a there's a cutoff, <laughs> I think. I think the cutoff is like if you were born, like you have to be like a century almost old, and then you get your ghost card, and then you can haunt people. Is that how that works? So I'm per- like imagine like so like in the year like 2120, like we can like bump Skrillex and Foo Fighters and just like rock people's houses as they're listening to like binary code. Because that's like where music is going is anyway. Is going. It's just going to become binary. So like they're going <laughs> to hear like zeros. you know Dave Grohl screaming, ghosts jamming out, and they're going to be like, "What? <laughs> this is the most horrifying thing I've ever heard." <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be more scared of the music than they will of of the ghosts. 
You think melody will scare them the most at that point? It's just you can not too melodic without auto tune. Yeah, ah, probably. Right. You like just walk up and go do 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 do, and they're gonna be like, "Oh shit! What is that? It's coming from the bathroom." <laughs> that's my that's my mic time song. <laughs> so. So. What so, yeah, so this... Uh, <laughs> back to the cemetery. <laughs> so, back to the cemetery. This was, um, I guess, what it's supposedly haunted by is this old Native American uh, priestess who practiced witchcraft, and she was trying to heal somebody who was on their deathbed, and they he eventually died. So, you know, obviously they were like, well, pff, this is because you're doing witchcraft. So she fled to Canada. Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce her name, Koa Kowatow. Koa Kowatow. And I hope I didn't destroy that, but it's a lot of A, O's, and U's. You did your best. Yeah. We're proud um, of you. So yeah, so Koa Kowatow fled to Canada and eventually was coaxed back over the border. And they are like, no, 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 just come back. We're, gonna, we're just going to have a lovely chat with you and... Uh, she came back, and they put her to death. So, apparently, she said to haunt the cemetery. That is the ultimate catfish. Yeah. 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 They were Holy like, hey, shit. no. We're just we're just going to eat some food. We're, we're just, just going to talk. We're just going to talk. It's going to be okay. And then they kill you. <laughs> so. That's like every Thanksgiving for me. <laughs> A ritual sacrifice you, in my family. And then you die? No. It's not my turn yet. Super. Oh, okay. Well. Okay. Um, <clears throat> on that note. On that note. Uh, you guys want to come over this year for Thanksgiving? No, I'm good. I think I'll pass. Yeah. I got I got family stuff going on. <laughs> we'll try for next year. Don't yeah, worry about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good excuse. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, so my first one is something that I think a lot of people have been to. And uh, it's in East Bethany, New York. And it is the Rolling Hills Asylum. Rolling them hills. Uh, it originally, it was, it was built in 1826. And it was uh, originally a poor farm called the Old County Home. And uh, a poor farm or a poor house basically takes in uh, all the orphan children, families, the elderly that can't take care of themselves... Physically and mentally handicapped, drunk people, drunkards, uh, mentally unstable, morally corrupt, all those unwanted by society people would come to the poorhouse and have a place to live, have a place to work. And that was the, the stipulation was that you had to work. If you were able to work, you had to work. And they got like a dollar a week back in the 1800s, uh, which was, I don't know about inflation, but that sounds like a sweet gig. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like you're getting like a hundred a week. Yeah, and right. You could buy like a like two weeks of work. You could buy a house back in the 1800s. Uh, but yeah, they got a dollar uh, per week, and it also housed the insane until 1887. And over the years, they've built a whole bunch of wings and additions to the asylum. And not only did they house people, they also had a whole bunch of uh, things they made there, like Holsteins, they raised pigs, draft horses, chickens and ducks. They had a vegetable and fruit farm. Uh, they canned jams and jellies and meats. 
that was all part of the chores. They had a bakery and a wood shop where coffins were made uh, for the town uh, for cheap. And it was basically if, because back then, there was a lot of sickness going on, a lot of poor, and families couldn't really afford coffins, so they just had... Have you ever seen an old movie, those wooden coffins, basically, that are everywhere? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's basically mm-hmm. what they made. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're back in the, I think it was the 80s. It might have been the 70s. But there was a man who tried to, who bought the property and tried to maintain it all by himself. And he walked around carrying a shotgun. And basically, he would threaten any teenagers that would come and try to party inside the building. He was doing all his work himself, and at night he would walk around with a shotgun, making sure that no one was coming into his property. So he was just the fun police at that point? Basically. And then he passed away in uh, the asylum, actually. So a lot of people think he's one of the spirits that haunt the asylum. I'm telling you, if I ever go there, and I'm alone, (laughs) and some ghost with a fucking shotgun... Walks up to me and I just hear that. I'm letting it fucking take me. I'm letting it take me. <laughs> you're not. Look at me in my goddamn eyes and tell me that you're gonna beat a. Go- you can't. You've seen Hobo with a shotgun. Yeah. Oh, great film. That, that movie. That you couldn't stop the Hobo with a shotgun. Rucker you're gonna stop a ghost with a shotgun. But can the can the shotgun the ghost shotgun actually hurt you? I'll stick around to find out. See, that's a good question. Yeah. Because, I mean, does that apply? Like, did the shotgun die with him, yeah. too? Like, how does that... Yeah. Does that mean Kurt Cobain's ghost has a shotgun with him? Absolutely. <laughs> to defend his property. <laughs> to defend him from Courtney Love. This is America! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> R.I.P. Kurt. All right, I still love you. So, real quick, I just want to give a rundown, a quick rundown of some of the spirits. The known spirits that haunt. Rolling Hills Asylum. Uh, the first being Roy, and this is a this is a really sad story. Uh, Roy, uh, he suffered from gigantism, and he had uh, facial features that were protruding, and he was basically left there when he was twelve years old uh, by his family, and he was left there until he, he died at sixty two. And he liked opera music, and he was really kind. And uh, people say that his shadow is witnessed by visitors who can see him going throughout the building. They report seeing like just a large shadowy figure down hallways and stuff like that. Uh, but it's never it's never evil, uh, although there are evil spirits in there we'll get to in a minute. But uh, Roy is probably the nicest spirit that uh, has been witnessed at Rolling Hills Asylum. Uh, I hope I can meet Roy one day. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, right? Like- That's just so... You've bummed me out. I don't even want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm so well. I'm so sad. So the the second spirit, the second most well known spirit there, is Nurse Emmy. And uh, Nurse Emmy uh, hated, was hated, and was feared by a lot of people that worked there. Uh, and rumors began circulating that she was a witch. I don't know how much of this is true, uh, but she uh, reportedly was involved in the dark arts in performing black magic and satanic rituals, uh, which is why some people say now that you can hear that you can hear her laugh, uh, or they some people feel like a, in the vortex room. I don't know if this is associated with her, but uh, the vortex room is a popular room in the in the the asylum 
where even when I went there, it was really one of the only weird things I felt was uh, I was getting sick to my stomach a little bit. And uh, a lot of people, I think, associate her with all the bad things that happen at Rolling Hills, uh, all the bad spirits and all the people falling ill and stuff like that. It's happened over the years there. Uh, They do have tours there. Uh, Every weekend you can go in for, I think it's four hours or eight hours. Uh, But I will uh, give a heat of warning. The owner of Rolling Hills, uh, the lady that owns it now, she's a bit of a nut job. Um, I I went with my girlfriend and she we, we brought a flashlight that she brought every single time that she's gone because she's been there a bunch and she doesn't even believe in ghosts, uh, but she's been there a bunch. And uh, when we were leaving, she told me that I was not allowed to have this flashlight because I could use it as a weapon. Huh. I mean, that's what happens when you bring a tactical flashlight into an asylum. Those things are like three feet long, Phil. It was maybe a foot long. I stand corrected. And it was a, a flashlight <laughs> I that stand Ashley had brought every time that she had been there, and she didn't say a word. So can I ask you a serious question? Yeah. So you said that you know you felt sick to your stomach in that vortex room? Yeah. Are you sure it just wasn't the garbage plate you ate before <laughs> that because of how close it is to Rochester? Uh no, because I did not have a garbage plate, but Ashley said it was probably all the asbestos in the building. <laughs> fair. That makes sense. That is very fair. Uh, there is also this this hallway uh, that it's – I don't remember which wing it is it's in. Uh, basically, you just like, – you get four hours and you just go travel throughout the building. You can do whatever you want. And uh, a lot of people take it really seriously, like – we were walking by talking and people were having like a, a seance like, huh. like in, in one of the rooms or something. And then they like, we would walk by and then they were all just glare at us. Like you're, we're, we're fucking everything up for them. <laughs> so some people take it really seriously. Uh, but there's this dark hallway where I just felt like, uh, I was being watched and I was hearing things. And it was really the only creepy thing that happened to me there. But later on, I will tell you a story, uh, that one of my buddies had while he was at rolling Hills asylum, uh, there's a lot of history with the place. Uh, I'm just touching on some of it here. It's been around since 1826. Uh, there is a graveyard on site uh, of all the people that died, basically. They were just buried in this little graveyard that was in the back. It's not there anymore. But they do have some headstones that they found, and they use them as like a memorial, I guess, to the people that passed away. But there is a, there is a graveyard on site, and... Uh, some some pretty strange happenings I've heard from other people going on at the asylum. I uh, heard the city of Buffalo plans on rolling through there, dig some up uh, <laughs> pretty soon. That's the, that's the city of Buffalo's M.O. They're just looking for stuff to dig up. Rolling into Rolling Hills. Uh, there, yeah. was, there was a golf course recently. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. Speaking of digging up dead bodies, there was a golf course that wanted to expand, but I guess there was a graveyard, and they're uh, owned by uh, the same people that own Forest Lawn. And uh, hmm. I guess there were some some bodies that were going to be dug up, and there's a whole big issue about that. So the city of Buffalo loves digging up graveyards. If the city of Buffalo <laughs> heads out to Victor, New York, Victory, Victor, whatever one it is, and goes, wait, no. Is that where Rolling Hills is? Bethany. They go out to Bethany, and they dig up my boy Roy. <laughs> I swear to God. That Roy story is... Oh, 
You think he's uh That Roy story hit me in a like a like a fucking truck, man. That was I'm so sad about Roy. Roy's one of many that were just left there by their families and because they just didn't want to deal with him. Uh that's a bummer. I mean, at least God he was damn. what well, what kind of a place what, is this like the standard uh treat people completely terrible? At the time, type of mental asylum. Uh, I think the the insane asylum part of it was, but the poorhouse was basically people had a place to live. Uh, they had jobs, chores that they put them to, just basically try right. to try to make them a member of society. So that was kind of like a community center, basically, like a yeah. get you on your feet type of yeah. yeah. And uh, over the years, it's been a whole bunch of things. I think in the '90s, a whole bunch of like little shops opened up in the place, and it was like a, a mini mall for crafts and stuff like a flea market almost oh, wow. and then that shut down because people were complaining about uh creepy things going on uh and now it just gets tours you, you gotta just turn a blind eye to that kind of stuff like when you got something good going on you don't need to shut it down no, because just there's it, just let it keep going just let yeah, it, roll. it makes let it, it happen more boutique exactly this is a niche environment because then you can you can Quite. bring people there to buy your wares and tell them oh yeah by the way the place is haunted Buy my ghost sheets. You know how much more you could sell your sheets for if you say they're haunted? Yeah. I, I would say you could at least sell three sheets for $50. Yeah, used. That's Yeah. Yeah. That's like stupid. I don't even know why I said that to begin with. <laughs> here's, what, here's what you do. Mm-hmm. You get a toaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That toasts a picture of Elvis onto your toast. Okay. Right. And then you take that toast and you put it on eBay saying that the ghost of Elvis is in your toast. And then you sell it. Wasn't wasn't there something similar about the face of Jesus, Jesus yeah. toasted? It, it's in, it's in fa- the face of Jesus is everywhere. <laughs> Do you it's think in toast? It's in crackers. It's in potato chips. Do you chips. think I'd get more Beautiful. more for the, the the Jesus toast, the Elvis toast, than I would my Beanie Baby collection? Yes, because Beanie Babies are worth nothing. Don't don't you don't you look at me and say that to me? They're worth nothing. Don't. In the '90s, everyone thought that oh, these are going to be worth something. You're hitting, you're hitting all the wrong buttons. And yeah. it turns out they were worth uh, nothing. There so, was something to me. Just, uh, just a warning there, you know. Ty, full of shit. Yeah. So, Mike, what do you got? Yeah. All right. So, I covered. Pigman's Road. Pigman Road. Holland Road out in Angola. Oh my god, Man Bear Pig Road? Man Bear Pig Road. So Name I mean, by the only one that I'm covering tonight because I just found so much about it. Uh, it's just, I had to condense so much. I'm did, just going to gloss over a lot. Did you get your info from Al Gore? Um, I, call, I put a call into his people, but he's too busy saving the planet. Uh, um, right. And I had five out of the six rings oh, that you need, okay. mm. or four out of the five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was missing heart, oh, so I couldn't. That tracks. Yeah, I couldn't get Captain Al Gore there. Right. But anyway, okay. So Pigman Road, out in Angola. So Holland Road, also known as Pigman Road by the locals, is the area in which the legend has been centered, but not. The location in the town. Jared Angola is south of us, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know where Angola was, but continue. Oh, that's because you're from Rochester. Rochester. Yes. Southerly. Um, so okay, so it, it's 
The legend has it that it's centered around Angola, but in fact the events of other areas in the history of the town itself lend more important facts to the origin of the legend. So in nine, or sorry, 1852, the Buffalo and State Line Railroad laid tracks and built a station known as Evans Station. Much of the country was covered by timber and the railroad had a thriving business transporting that lumber to the growing young, young city of Buffalo. As more people traveled through Evans Station in Angola, the area around them started booming. There were hotels, physicians' offices, factories, and small businesses opening up all over, known back then as Evans Station. Um, so out in Angola, just as it is you know, so close to the lake, just like Buffalo itself, the winters were brutal in the area. Um, one of the first... So, so Angola has had a lot of disasters from what I found. Um, so a wooden steam freighter called the Dakota, D-A-C-O-T-H-A, um, proved the Buffalo winters were harsh on November 24th, 1860, during one of the worst autumn blizzards, blizzards recorded at the time. The Dakota was steering for shelter on Lake Erie when it hit a submerged rock. Wait, wait. Oh, it's a boat. It's a boat. Okay, I thought it was a train. Continue. Uh, the train on the lake. It went off the rails. Off the rails. No, the Dakota's a boat. It's a wooden steam freighter that was traveling on the lake, and it was steering for shelter when it hit a submerged rock that tore open the hull. The vessel immediately started breaking apart. All 24 crewmen reached the shore alive and climbed a steep bank to shelter themselves in a nearby ravine to keep warm. But unfortunately, seven, uh, several days later, their frozen bodies were discovered, and the wreckage of Dakota would lay just three miles south of Sturgeon Point out near Derby. Could, could you imagine that? Like, just think of just think of the lake and, like, how deep it is and oh, all that. So and then, like, y- your boat hits a rock, and then you're like, oh, fuck, I got to swim in this frigid water. I, it, was like, it was like the Titanic before the Titanic. But I was going to say we had our own Titanic yeah, in this yeah, area, but I held back. I yes, mean, I just looked it up. Erie Lake is is deep, but it's not as deep as I thought. Isn't the deepest Great Lake? Uh, no, no, no. I think Ontario is the deepest. Uh, okay, Lake Erie. Yeah. The deepest part of Lake Erie is 210 feet. The average depth is 60 feet. Yeah, it's still a hole. Pretty though. deep. That, that's pretty that's, deep. That's pretty yeah. deep, and especially in a blizzard. But. Adding more to the area and the lore of the area. So on the morning of December 18th, 1867, J.D. Rockefeller was running late. Um, the J.D. Rockefeller. The J.D. Rockefeller was running late. Uh, he climbed out of his bed in his modest house on Cheshire Street in Cleveland, Ohio, that frigid Wednesday to catch an early morning express to Buffalo. He had business on his mind, and even though it was a holiday... Uh, it was just, well, around the holidays, it was just a week before Christmas, Rockefeller had decided to make a quick business trip to New York City. He wanted to check on his East Coast operations, where his brother William managed the New York offices of Rockefeller and Company. But he had a late start that morning, which was unlike, you know, not like him at all. And although his plans were meticulously arranged every day, Rockefeller pulled into Cleveland's Union Station just a few minutes too late. His bags made the train, but he didn't, and it saved his life. 
Did he ever get his bags back? That's that's the important part. Yeah. Well, I think you're about to find that out. All right. Because by missing the Lakeshore Express that morning, Rockefeller escaped one of the worst railroad accidents in the 19th century, known as the Angola Horror, hmm. as newspapers subsequently dubbed it that. Word. So, at a little past three in the afternoon, while crossing over a high railroad bridge in Western New York village, the Western New York village of Angola... The last two cars on the Buffalo Brown Ex- Bound Express jumped the tracks and tumbled 30 to 50 feet into icy treacher- into the icy, treacherous gorge below. Both cars burst into flames, trapping passengers inside and basically turning them into blackened heaps of indistinguishable remains. So am I right to assume that these were like... Coal burning. Coal burning. Like, you like this got, is 1867. So you got oil lanterns and you know, cars. Right. Yeah. So when these cars like flipped, it yep. pinned everybody inside and they cooked alive. Because yeah, because those oil saying. lamps. For, so there's a lot that I I just if I kept talking about this, we could do an entire episode on this. So basically, from what I've seen or, or read, the oil lanterns inside each car because there wasn't any electricity in the cars right they broke and oil spreads and starts anything combustible in that car on fire and it trapped these people inside that's horrifying so he, that's he, not a good way to go no since rockefeller <laughs> was not a late oh no definitely not no absolutely not that would be the worst thing uh it gets it gets creepier because Rockefeller, he, he was going to be late. Uh, he was Word. a latecomer to the Cleveland station. He would have sat in the last car. So J.D. Rockefeller would have died. Because back then it was first come, first serve. It wasn't just eh. Hmm. Um, so with that crash, nearly 50 people died and many more were burned badly and injured in the disaster. Which, coming as it did before Christmas, gripped the imagination of a nation still reeling from the Civil War that had ended two years earlier. Accounts of the tragedy, replete with grisly is illustrations, filed the pages, filled the pages of the periodicals across the country for weeks and prompted calls by the public for safer trains, tracks, and rail car heating methods. The name Angola will be forever associated with the most fearful railway slaughter on record, stated the Buffalo Patriot and Journal on January 1st, 1st 1868. Well, that's not true because I've never heard of it. <laughs> I have, but that's because I live in the area, okay, I guess. So well, it's because you're so damn I feel like, young. Yeah, anybody outside of Buffalo probably has no clue. Anybody okay. this century probably is. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, so like you hear the like the shit. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, there was a train crash here back back in the day. Yeah. Now to me, like back in the day is like oh like 1970. When I saw that this was like the 1800s, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking, like, passenger train, like, this and that. Like, this is, like, sad. It sucks. But it's just, right. like, I was very... 160 years ago? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Long time. Somewhere in there. Math. Not our strong suit. Nay. I don't even know if that's right. I'm disagreeing with you because I don't want to... Disagree with me. Yeah. I hope I'm right. So, So, the newspaper, the Buffalo Journal and Patriot, then said... Quote was quoted saying, the human foresight and ingenuity can prevent such terrible occurrences in the future, whatever may be the verdict, as to the cause of the present calamity. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people were calling back in the day for better 
safety measures for these rail cars, you know, oil lanterns and stuff like that. They kind of had the foresight to see that this shit might actually happen one day. Well, and, not enough because it did happen one day. <laughs> yeah, it did happen one day. <laughs> well, um, the, but I guess that's what it always takes, right? It always takes one major thing for everyone to go, oh, shit, we should definitely do this differently. Because up till that point, it's just like... Imagine what? if that was still the case. Right. It still kind of <laughs> is in ways. It is still the case. Maybe not like, on the grand scale, but with like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like at my job today. We had a guard made of plexiglass, which shouldn't be spinning at 100 miles an hour on the back of the machine, flew off of it, smashed a friggin' pipe, and we're all sitting here thinking, well, plexiglass probably, you know, wasn't the strongest thing to put on this machine. It's like, yeah, no huh, shit. Maybe not. That could have killed somebody. That could have killed somebody. I'm sitting here cleaning up water, hating my life for fucking eight hours. Anyway. Sorry. Sounds like a good day. It was a great day. Mm. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Let's not. Yeah. So the creepiest line, the creepiest thing that I kind of stumbled across was it's always terrible when tragedies happen. And uh, especially, you know, during that time, you know, uh, you're coming off the Civil War and all that, especially in the local area of Angola. Um, when I read this, my skin kind of crawled and it made me feel really. Uh, I, I just can't. I can't. It was. Eh. But yeah, um, that's so, a terrible way for people to go. So, so many of the rescuers on the scene describe the moment by saying the screams of the dying lingered for close to five minutes before silence fell over the snow. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh, no thanks. So a lot of the people that were trying to help and rescue and save these people couldn't get into the car. And I mean, how would you? It's probably burning hot. Uh, yeah. You can't. What, how are you gonna flip it over? So like, that that kind of yeah. Uh, that made me go ooh. Um, so the official cause of the Angola horror of this train accident was uh, simple and deadly. Of all things, um, as the express chugged toward the bridge, it ran over a frog. In the track. What time of year? <clears throat> Wait, what What time of year was this? The, this was November. Did we know? Yeah. November and there was a fucking frog out? There was a frog out, I if guess. If this frog would have been hibernating like he was supposed to be, <laughs> that's what the shit wouldn't so have the, happened. So the frog is the, the real asshole. <laughs> I know. This is, that's how do they, know, how do they like, know it was a frog? Yeah. Uh, apparently the official report, well, it's the 1800s, guys. I'm not going to say. I mean, these. I'm sure we have the listeners <laughs> from the 1800s, so I'm going to go ahead and say... <laughs> Well, the boats were probably off. I wanted an interview with the guy that walked out of the tracks and saw a dead frog and was like, Yep, is that's this, the culprit. That did it. This asshole wait, wait, wait. Is this him. the point where we talk about fake news? Because <laughs> I'm yes. pretty sure that this is bullshit. Yeah. But anyway. I mean, it was during a snowstorm, right? Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so exactly. The logical explanation would be ice. Snow frogs. Yeah. Snow frog. It's a snow frog. Holy tits! We have snow frogs. We have oh snow my frogs. god! It's buffalo. Are you surprised? No. no. Yeah. But no. Snow exactly. frogs. Exactly. So, as as it ran over, I should not be laughing. I'm talking about this. So as a as the train ran over the frog in the track, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. let's allegedly. throw allegedly in there. One of the wheels on the end car, possibly a wheel with a flaw or defect 
Hit the frog. <laughs> what is this frog? Dwayne Johnson? It must be. Uh, crossing the points of two rails at a normal part of a switch in the tracks in such a way that it jarred the wheel loose, causing it to vibrate back and forth. This friction, rail officials later noted, uh, damaged the span of the track, which caused a problem. So to me, it sounds like it was a train before it. Yeah. That ran okay. over something. Or it, it ran over it a frog. Ran over a frog. And that was apparently enough. enough. That was apparently enough to flip it. That was enough. That's incredible. It's crazy. It's crazy. They killed the world's strongest frog, and we don't even have proof. <laughs> we don't even have proof. This is that. That is the Olympian among frogs. Right oh there. yeah, that frog did the the discus, and now we can't even talk to it. He absolutely oh, did. So now, now here's where we get into the pig man. So. After doing a lot of research and looking up a lot of different stories about Pigman Road. Um, so there was a family on Holland Road uh, called the Derricks family um, that I found so much information on. Um, the train accident back then had actually, people believed it was caused by that family. that Because the two younger kids of the elderly Derricks that settled there. Um, own pet would, frogs. Own pet frogs. No, they would actually go they up and down. They had a frog farm. <laughs> they had a frog farm. No, Sorry, Mike. And one of them got loose. <laughs> they would go up and down the tracks, and they would pick up coal and other oddities on the tracks. And it was believed that playing on the tracks, they used to remove the railroad ties, the spikes in it, okay. causing over time the the rails to actually come up and be jarred loose from the planks. Um. So that that's just a theory about you know what's going on with right what was going on with that. Um, it was apparently debunked by the frog <laughs> because why not? The snow frogs just said, yeah, no, that's 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 a great fucking explanation. Uh, the hell with taking railroad ties out. So <clears throat> it's believed that William Derricks is the quote unquote pig man. But from what I found, it's an amalgamation of a bunch of different stories put together. A lot of people today don't even think that William Derricks even existed. Um, so the stories that I found involving that were people saying that he was kind of a like a like a Ripley's Believe It or Not type of like oddities like okay uh, attraction. So he had a bunch of weird shit. Of like weird he was a P.T. Barnum P.T. Barnum of yeah, type. his time. I guess you could say, but he. But here's the thing: he was in the 50s, 60s, 70s. A bamboozler. So, so we're going even into like you know, closer to us now, not the you know 1800s. Okay. Oh, so 1950s, 60s, 70s. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I, I. It's pretty modern. It is pretty modern. Didn't know that. Modern. Um. So the house that was built there burned down. Um. I found, and that was sometime. I wanted. I I saw a couple different years so spanning closer to us probably the most common one i saw was like the 40s and 50s that the house burned down i also saw that burned down in the early 1900s but the house that was built by the derricks when they settled in angola evan station um they they was it was burned down it burned to the ground and all that was left was a foundation the fireplace you know the typical shit that survives a fire um so with that, um, there, there was another story of a butcher 
that besides this is going getting off the of Derek's here for a second. So okay. there was a butcher that um, would cut the head off of pigs and display them. Now I've read display them as in like a spike, like a Lord of the Flies type of deal. Okay. I've also read that he just kind of put them out. Um, so he just had him chilling outside of the house. He kind of just had him chilling outside of the house. Yeah. So depending on who you ask. Yeah, it, it it's kind of all very very loose folklore. Right. Um but it's probably based on some sort of reality of something. It, it is based yeah. on a reality of something. Right. So so the, the the butcher there was a butcher who would put out pig heads. Um that's confirmed. Okay. But as to how that's not. Uh what I also found was that there was uh, another story. Uh, there was a, a child molester in Buffalo who had such a grisly uh, appearance that people kind of would call him Pigman, and it, it was a you know a logical and memorable name for him. It's fucking terrible. It's uh, awful. yeah. Not I mean I mean fuck that guy. But, right. You know, I mean like that's just a story that kind of unfortunately gets entwined in that. So. Pig Didn't man with know the that. Um, we have the Angola butcher with the pig heads. Okay. And there was also a murder in Angola. It did not happen on uh, Holland Road. So we've got but a murder on top of the train accident. On top uh, of the train accident. On top of the wreckage of the uh, Dakota. On top of this pig man story in the derricks. So there's a bunch of horrific shit just going down. Yes. Yes. There's a bunch of horrific shit going down in Angola for a while. There was a murder, but it wasn't on Holland road, but one of the, uh, one of the parties that were killed, uh, if not both were butchers. So the butcher thing seems to be coming up a lot in the research. Okay. Um, of what I'm seeing. So that's kind of how that story kind of comes together. There was so much more that I was looking through, and I was like, I can't talk about all this. Otherwise, we'll be here for three hours. Right, so right. So eventually, hopefully another show. Maybe its um, own episode, you know. Yeah, another show of ours will cover in-depth Pigman Road. But what I'm about to read you is some of the things that people say that they experience on Holland Road out in Angola. The first of which is being followed by a vehicle. And it either comes from nowhere and disappears into the th- uh, into thin air into the night or day, and um, it's usually entering either one or both bridges and exiting them. Another one is a single or dual light shining from the woods coming straight at them. Cries, screams, squeals coming from the woods. Fires in the woods or by the road itself that extinguish unexpectedly. Shadow figures on the bridges, alongside the bridges, along the side of the bridge, uh, sorry, on the bridges, along the side of the bridges, and in the woods, on the roadway, both lying uh, on the side of the road, or some of them walking the vanishing. Sightings of the pig man himself. Um, a lot of people say they feel out of place in the area. Um, they see twin girls playing, walking, riding bikes, a tall, thin man with a hat, um... It'll stop with a clipboard every few steps. A very young boy, all alone, walking along the road with a stick or a fishing pole. A large black dog. An old couple that the old woman will look at you and make you kind. Of, they'll make you move off the road, but the man won't look at you. Um, you, you know, it's interesting 
you you say like a tall thin man with a hat yep i've also heard that that's like a native american uh like uh kind of how do i put it like cryptid that people see in the area named high hat really yeah uh supposedly in like allegheny wow yeah in the hills up there like people have seen this really tall like eight to nine foot tall man that wears a like a top hat and they say he's like a cannibal or something so i wonder if that's like a similar thing I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hijack what no, you were no, saying, you're but fine, you're fine. yeah, that yeah, I it's thought that was interesting like that, that there's like a similar thing like that. Hmm. Yeah, that's odd. Yeah. Very odd. Um, more things that people see um, and hear are trains passing over the bridges, but there is no train. Hmm. Um, they hear the horn um, of the train, but do not see a train. They feel the rumble of the train. No train. Um, and just other, like, <clears throat> smells and electronics malfunctioning. One of the biggest things I've heard about Pigman Road, and everyone's done it. If you've ever been to Pigman Road, you're supposed to stop underneath the tunnel. One of the tunnels. I believe I've heard different things. You either drive by one and then stop under the second one or pick one and do this. But from what I've heard is you're supposed to stop under the tunnel, turn the car off, turn the lights off if they don't turn off themselves honk the horn three times and the car will not start i've never experienced that but i've had people tell me that they have been there and tried it but it's car always works there's never like an issue it's also a very dumb thing to do because it's a single lane it is a single (laughs) lane so it kind of sounds like they're just people trying to get you fucked up yeah trying to get you killed like have a car come through and they have no idea that you're there so but as i said there's so much more lore when it comes to Pigman's road um holland road out in angola um the cops police it they do police it from what i've seen but i've never seen anybody really get in trouble so it's definitely worth checking out i would say definitely creepy hmm. yeah yeah i think we'll probably will do a whole episode on Pigman road in the future uh, I mean that's yeah that's pretty crazy like how in depth. I'm just trying. I'm trying to take it all in. Right. There's there's so much there's so much more to it about like it's like one of those it's like if you skipped an episode of like Game of Thrones you'd be like what the fuck did I miss <laughs> <laughs> and it like completely invalidates everything I just said but there's so much to it like there's so many side characters. Right. Actually, there's a movie made about it that has nothing to do, from what I've seen, with anything I researched. You know, I've wanted to, I wanted see, to see that. It. Yeah, just because it's like based off the local legend. Group project. Let me. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me rogue in this and pull it up real quick. Yo, what if if you find it, we should post like the the art or whatever and, on the on the socials. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and while he's doing that, uh, just want to talk to you real quick about. We we got a sponsor, guys. Who? What? We got ourselves a sponsor. Oh, what? sick! We getting paid. Woo! Uh, that sponsor is Gabe's Pride. It's a cleaning company. Uh, and if you go to their website, Gabe'sPride.com, uh, you'll see a whole bunch of cleaning products. Now it says that it's for RVs. It's not just for RVs. Mike and I we use the products in our home. You can attest to it. They work really, really well. 
it cleans. I've seen your home. Like no other cleaner that I have ever ingested into <laughs> my stomach before. <laughs> they have. There's all-purpose cleaner. There's glass cleaner. There's degreaser. Uh, and like I said, it is uh, advertised for RVs and, and trailers and stuff like that. But I've been using these products. Uh, full disclosure, uh, it's my parents' company. I've been using these products since I was a wee little toddler. And uh, they worked great. And you can buy uh, a whole bunch. You can buy a set. You can buy whatever you need. Gabespride.com. And in the near future, we probably will have some deals for you guys from Gabe's Pride. So keep it tuned here uh, and listen in the future for what we have in store for you. And we also, we have another sponsor for you guys. This one, it, it came with a commercial. So let's take a listen to this. The Halloween season is upon us. And I bet you're looking for something new and something different to listen to this Halloween season. Well, lucky for you, we have just the thing. The Eddie Vedder Acoustic Halloween Album. Now you can own Vedder's latest hits like Jack-O-Lantern King. Don't get caught in a pickle without something in your window, hear me say. I'll meet me in the meadow where the leaves are turning yellow. I'm the man on the hill cause I'm the And trick or treat. Trick or treat. Smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. If you don't, I don't care. Cause I am Eddie Vedder. So make this Halloween the best one yet. And pick up Eddie Vedder's new album, Ghost in Me, today. Halloween album is not a real album. He has no way associated with Front Porch Podcast, but if you'd still like to send us money, please do so. And I have no... I have nothing to say after that. Um, I think that I'm definitely going to find a vinyl pressing of that. For sure. I was tickled pink. To add to that collection. I hope he does a cover of Monster Mash. Oh, that'd be wonderful. I, I can't even imagine what that would sound like. If he did it with, like, Scott Stapp and that guy from The Calling that sang th- that one song from that one time in our lives. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, that the song. Falling Even More in Love song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would just... He could do all... Th- actually, fuck it. Eddie could do all three parts. They all sound the same. <laughs> Eddie can do it all. Eddie can. can do it all. He's a, Real, he's, he's a god among men. He's like a non-douchey Bono. Renaissance man. All right, on that note, well, Jared, what do you have next? (laughs) All right, guys, I'm going to come straight at you with uh, Gutelberg Cemetery, which is, yes, this one is uh, very interesting. It's out in Wales, New York. Uh, This one does touch on some sensitive topics. Uh, yeah, so actually, just a, just a warning. Give you a bit of a, a warning Super there. Fair Thank warning. you, Phil. That's a. Uh... It's very sensitive. Yeah. So, um, actually, Gutelberg Cemetery is known as being a cemetery for uh, the first abortion doctor in the area. 
uh, whose name was Albert Speaker. Uh, most of this I didn't know about the backstory, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, but he would basically do the abortions, um, and he would take the fetuses and throw them in the pond that was uh, basically across the street from his practice. Um, many times the women who were giving birth did not make it through. Uh, so the, yeah, this, oh. this is a bit of a rough one. Um, so let's, 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 let's hit that disclaimer again. Yeah. Uh, disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. Sensitive topic. Yes. Um, which is great. I'm glad I got this one. So you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't coming within a fucking mile of this. Belt. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so this abortion doctor. Basically, what they thought was going on was that he was allowing these women to <sighs> pass away. Well, so they assumed that he was basically a serial killer in the way that he was not properly taking care of them while doing the procedures. So, uh, what was his name? Kevorkian, kind of like a, you know, even though he was, like, coaching people into their own deaths. Into euthanasia. Right. But these people are coming in saying, "I, I need to get rid of what's going on here. And he was basically taking both of them out. Um, eventually, way to talk about abortion. Well, I mean, it's really hard to like, it it definitely is. I'm just, the way you put it, I'm like, it's a touchy, it's a touchy subject, but I I mean, it's, you got to describe it somehow. I'm not trying to be, no, you're doing, no, seriously. I'm not trying to be flippant with it, but, uh, that's a big word. Thank you. I try. I I couldn't even pronounce that. (laughs) Flipper. Proud of you. Uh, yes, dolphins. Um, so, anyway, it eventually caught up with him. He was being investigated. Um, and after the final woman that he allowed to die on his table, uh, passed away, they were looking into him hard. They were like, listen, you can't be doing this. This is unethical, uh, on so many levels. Not only the fact that he wasn't burying them or anything, he's just throwing them in the pond. Uh, And at that point, he decided to take his own life. This was in October 1949. So it's actually a fairly recent story. Yeah. I mean, because when you think about it, like the cemetery dates back to the late 1700s. Um, Oh, shit. Wait, that, that. That's yeah, it's, that's old. It's that, that old. old. It's oh one God. of the oldest in Western New York, so it has some of the oldest gravestones. You can still go there, and if you can make out the date on it, you know. Ugh. But yeah, it's crazy. But the original, uh, the original use for the cemetery was for a cholera epidemic that happened in the early 1800s. A lot of children were dying, so this is. This whole area has a history of small children just passing away, uh, their lives being ripped from them earlier than they should have been. And um, you'll find, like, their mothers buried next to them. And it's so sad because a lot of it's, like, you'll see the mother's, like, 18 years old. And then the baby's buried next to her or 
you know, so it's it's tough. It's it's like a lot to take in. It's it's hard to stomach. But any but uh, getting back to it, anyway. Um, Albert Speaker hung himself. Now, some of the things that people have been said to see at Gutelberg is the doctor himself swinging from a tree. Uh, it can't it can't be confirmed that he hung himself in the cemetery, but it was definitely nearby. Um, so they believe that his spirit is still haunting the area. Uh, also, the woman that he hit the final woman that he allowed to die on his table can also be seen crossing the road wearing all black. Uh, oh. There's been people who have said that like they'll see her or they've like driven through her, I guess. She'll be walking across the road and she'll just disappear. So that's a wild one. Um, I heard things about like dogs. Yes, I've, up there? I've heard that as well. They, they call them like hellhounds, and they're supposedly supposed to have red glowing eyes. Um, I've never seen anything like that. I've been there numerous times. I've been there too. I never saw it, but goddamn, right. I never saw it. I'm gone in it. I have one story that's pretty creepy. I'll get into that later. But um, yeah, that that whole cemetery is very small, and it's up on a hill, so there's kind of like. A little bit of a valley on each side. And sometimes when you go there, there'll be fog that gathers. But the fog doesn't come up onto the cemetery. It just surrounds it due to the elevation that it's up That's on. That's welcoming. Yeah, it's it's a little creepy. <laughs> there, there's also like a, a line of trees just down the one side. And yeah, it's just uh, in the middle of nowhere pretty much. I mean, there's a couple houses on the street, but... Other than that, you know, it's all pretty much country. Um, but yeah, those are the main things that people have been said have said to see there, and it's it's pretty creepy. I mean, oh, the and the one other thing was people have seen ghost babies, and sometimes they'll hear crying off in the distance. I've heard of like the handprints on the car. Yes. I've had a lot of people tell me, like, the handprints on the car. You know, funny enough, I went there thing. once, and that actually happened to my car. I don't know if it was somebody playing a joke on us or whatever. I take it with a grain of salt. Like, who knows? Yeah. But it was weird. It was definitely weird that there was, you know, little fingerprints around the wheel wells and That's stuff. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And, I mean... Why would a baby want to touch my car? <laughs> you know? Like, what? I don't know. I don't know. See, I've been there. I've been there before. I haven't had much happen, but... Yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about, about that fog. Right. For sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. It surrounds the entire area sometimes. I've been there numerous times. And it, it surrounded the area. It doesn't... Yeah, you're right. Now that yeah. you mentioned it, I, I've never really seen it get on to the cemetery right and i think it's because it's on a hill where it's kind of like the elevation's a little bit higher where the cemetery's at so i think the fog settles around it and it's just it gives it such a crazy like you know like the way it lines it it just gives it the scary creepy feeling yeah you're like well what what could be in the mist and why does this mist not even want to be in the cemetery 
You know? That's fair. That is... Ugh. Well, on to something a little bit more lighthearted. Sweet. Hopefully. Uh, my next one is uh, in Victor, New York, uh, about 10, less than 10 minutes down the road from where I grew up. Uh, it's called Valentown, uh, and it's pretty much just one building, uh, and it had everything in there. Uh, it was built in 1879 by a man by the name of Levi Valentine, and it was intended to be the town center of a town that was going to be called Valentown. Uh, and he had a railroad company all set up to build a railroad going through town and everything. And then the railroad company went bankrupt, and a few years after that, the town was abandoned. And pretty much the whole building had everything that you need for a town inside one building. Uh, and it's set up pretty much the same as it was when it was originally built uh, 150 years ago. Uh, and it's got a general store, meeting room, a bakery, a harness shop, a cobbler shop, a music school, a rail railroad, trawler, and telegraph office, ticket office, grand ballroom, and multiple display cases filled with early flags and military apparel. And it's gone, had some owners over the years. Uh, back in 1940, the building was in poor condition and it was nearly torn down, but then a resident of Victor named Sheldon Fisher uh, basically bought the building and turned it into a museum, and it is now owned by the Victor Historical Society. And it's got a, a little bit of a history of ghosts it, itself in the building, because uh, on the top floor there's a ballroom, and during a dance in the ballroom, uh, a jealous suitor of a young woman uh, killed the woman's dance partner in front of everybody. And that's said to be one of the ghosts uh, that haunts the building. And there's... Also, uh, in the basement, tools. Uh, they will move by themselves. This has been caught by a whole bunch of ghost hunters, quote-unquote ghost hunters, and uh, people of that ilk. Uh, EVPs have been captured as well. In the bakery area, staff and visitors have seen shadows and have seen a dark shadow leave the bakery and then go up the stairs. Uh, a paranormal investigation group on YouTube, paranormal investigation group on YouTube, posted a YouTube video of a see-through apparition of a shopper or a merchant moving around behind an investigator. And a Boy Scout troop that was spending the night on one of the upper floors heard the sound of an old-fashioned music box. And the music box is actually the experience that I had at Valentown when I heard the music box uh, being played there. And uh, shit. I don't, if, I don't know if you remember the, the TV show Ghost Hunters. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They heard the music box as well. Uh, and Grant saw a shadow. But everything with those people, you have to take with a grain of salt because right. they were making that thing uh, for TV. But, yeah, the Valentine House, a lot of history in the building. It's been pretty much abandoned since 1886. Everything pretty much that happened that is haunting it happened before it was abandoned in the 1880s. Uh, and for a building that was only around maybe 10 years, uh it's got a lot going on there. I've been there a few times. I grew up around the area. And the music box was always the biggest thing because it was been there, I think, three times that I remember. And every time, the music box was the one thing that always stuck with me because you'd always hear it on the third floor, which I think is creepy. Yeah, my interest has peaked on this place. Like, Is it in the middle of nowhere? No, it's it's. I don't know how familiar, familiar you are with Victor, but literally. Not very. 
Uh, it's on. It's right off Route 96. There's the Eastview Mall, pretty much right across the street from it. What? It, yeah. <laughs> so this is in a populated area. Yes. It's just hanging out. Yeah. Wow. It's not in the town of Victor. It's not quite in Parenton or Fairport. Okay. Uh, but it's a big wooden building that I've driven past ever since I was a kid, and I've always been intrigued by it. And it turns out that it is actually haunted. Uh. I, I am someone that believes in, in places being haunted. And I, I, the music box thing, it, it creeps me out every time I'm there. Uh, so how old is the music box itself? Like, do it's they gotta, know? It's got to be from the 1870s, 1880s. And it like. still, like, plays on its own? Like, just no, make some weird just, you fucking... Just, you just hear the music box. Like, it's not playing. Jesus. Going back to, like, like the music from earlier, like, so, so music boxes now play... Really old shit for the most part. Yeah, and then just you. Fa- I just imagine you fast forward a hundred years from now, and you just hear like, <laughs> "Baby got back" <laughs> on a fucking music box, and people are like, "Oh shit!" Instead <laughs> of music box, <laughs> it's, like, it's it's iPhones. Yeah, oh, it's iPods. Like, like <laughs> there was an iPod Touch in the room, and I swear to God. <laughs> the iPods. Oh my God. <laughs> That that could be a relic now. Yeah, it is. If I found an I, I, friggin' iPod Touch anywhere and it started playing itself, I'd be like, man, <sighs> that's that's fucking haunted. It's haunted there. <laughs> that's that's but, fucking haunted. But uh, to go back to uh, what Jared was talking about earlier with uh, the Native American cemetery, a lot of people believe that uh, ghosts of Native Americans haunt this place as well, because it was pretty much everyone in the town lived in one building, and it was built as a way to keep themselves protected against attacks from Native Americans. And people think that maybe something occurred there or a curse was put on it or something that has caused it to be haunted. So it all, it all comes full circle. Right. Yeah, it can, does. It, can I just say, like, it's pretty sad the way that they were treated? Oh, 100%. For most of, like, most of the stuff that, like, we hear about and, like, we were talking about about is, like... You listen to this and you're like, that can't be true. But it's like, yes, this is this is the history. These are the things that happen. And it's horrifying to listen oh, yeah, to. We it's just like, came I can't believe like, it. Fuck you. And we just didn't give a shit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's awful. It's it's not fair in the, in the no, slightest. But I, just poor people. Absolutely. Man, like they deserve better than that. And it, it, uh, I don't know. No, that absolutely. that always gets me like listening to that it's like Jesus Christ like could we have been more horrible in the past but uh, yeah yeah so now's the part of the show where I will be introducing our own stories oh my oh you're what I didn't know we were doing this oh yeah nobody told me oh yeah we're we're did you fax me? I don't have your fax number. I'm just, I've given it to you like eight times I in the last month. I don't know. My, right. my, my, my fax machine is broken. So I'll just have, to, I'll just have to write you a letter. So can anyway. Can we're you gonna... send me smoke signals? No. Why not? Because I don't know how to make fire. You just make a fire. Just do it from your stove I, and blow it out the window. Listen, you know, you've known me for so long. I don't have a stove. You know this. You know this. So anyway, so here's the part of the show where we go into 
our own experiences at some of these places. Uh, Jared, what? Tell tell me. So you said you've been to Gutelberg a lot. Yeah, yeah. I used to go to Gutelberg a lot. Um, it was like period of time where I was just like, I feel like there's ghosts and I really need to find them. Type of, you know, thing. And then, uh, so I went there a lot. It was just like the fun thing to do. And uh, the one time I went there, and this is uh, this is a weird one, and I can't explain it. Um, but here goes. Went there with three other people. Um, I didn't drive. I was sitting in the back seat, and uh, we roll up, and we're all about to get out of the car. And if you've ever been there, it's extremely dark. There's no streetlights, nothing oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. We're there at maybe two in the morning. The drive itself is creepy as shit right right so we get there we pull up it's completely pitch black you can't see anything out the windows um my friend starts to have a panic attack in the front seat and my other friend says like you guys go ahead i'm gonna sit here i'm gonna stay with with them and you guys just go like we'll we'll catch up with you if they're okay or if not like we'll just wait in the car for you so, uh, so yeah, so me and my buddy Ben get out of the car, and it was one of those nights where there was heat lightning. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so every now and then the sky would just light up. Everything would light up for a split second and go back to being pitch black. And we're walking up the stairs, lightning hits, lights everything up, and me and him are just laughing about stuff and, like... I don't even know what we were talking about at this point. I can't remember. It was probably something about skateboarding or doing whatever. And we're walking up there. We're just laughing about stuff. And we're like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Like, have you ever been here? He had never been there before. So we're just, like, talking about the the history of the place or what I knew about it at that point. And uh, so... We're walking along, and there's this row of trees down the right-hand side. And I look over at the the last tree, and it looks like somebody's standing behind it looking at us, but, like, hiding. So kind of peeking around looking at us. And now this place is famous for uh, kids partying there, you know, high school kids, college, like, maybe low-level college kids, but... Mostly high school kids going there and drinking, smoking weed, whatever, getting high and, uh, you know, just hanging out as kids do in the country because it's like, well, let's go to the cemetery and do this. So I kind of didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, it's probably somebody trying to scare us. So I elbow my buddy Ben. I'm like, yo, Ben, you see that guy behind the tree? And he immediately says, oh, yeah. So it's like, all right, like, you know, we both see it. It's obviously there, (laughs) you know, it's like your first thought, like, well, obviously it's there. So I was like, yo, let's just give him the heads up that we're like, we see him. So I was like, yo, dude, like, I see you back there. You can just come out. Like, you're not going to scare us. We know you're there. And he's basically saying the same thing. He's like, yeah, dude, like, whatever. Like, we saw you, we know what you're doing, 
just come out. And after about a minute of that, we're walking closer to the tree, and it still looks like he's kind of hiding behind it, but, like, still watching us. And so we're walking up closer. We're maybe, like, 15 feet from the tree at best. And at that point, he just walks out and stands there. Looks like he's wearing very old-timey type, like, suit vest, you know, whatever going on with, like, a. I remember this, like, a pocket watch type chain coming out. And we're both standing there, like, saying hello, like, what's up? Like, what, what, you know, like, trying to get this guy to, like, respond to us. He's not. He's just standing, staring. Lightning hits. Lights everything up. We see him for that split second. He's gone. Ah. As soon as it goes dark. It's fucking gross. I'm out. And I was so bewildered. Like, I I couldn't process it. Yeah. And me and Ben were like, the fuck was that? Like, you know? Yeah. We're looking at each other like, what? So we walk around the tree because it's like. You gotta, because at that point, it's like, well, it's obviously, I'm still in the mode of this is somebody playing a trick on me. Like, I need to find out who this is and be like, yo, come on, man. Like, walk around the tree, there's a beer can there, but nothing else. Oh. And we never saw anybody there that night. Oh. And, Ugh. yeah. And me and Ben would always talk about it. Like, you remember the time we saw whatever the fuck that was <laughs> at the cemetery? And it's like, yeah, I do. I can't get that out of my head. It's ingrained. Ugh, that's so weird. That's weird. I never had anything really happen at Gutelberg, but I, I did have something happen at uh, at uh, Buffum. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I used, so I used to live, like, really close to Buffum. Um and I, I guess I've been to that cemetery that you were talking about earlier, but um, I, I guess I just didn't know it because so so I lived I grew up on Indian Church Road, right, right, part, um, and 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 it's because uh, Indian Church Road was named that because of the mission that was at the Indian uh, Park, the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. The cemetery that I brought up the first time. Yeah, yeah. So I had no idea that that was the name of the park. So I used to live one street. So I grew up in West Seneca, on the West Seneca side of Indian Church. I moved down the road with some friends on a street called Oshawa, which was literally a minute walk from there. Right. So years ago, I went on a a ghost tour with uh, some of my friends and whatnot. Okay. And I was in the park. You never tell it's a park. I had no idea that it was a park. a Native American burial site, right? Because no there's clue. no headstones, there's nothing, and that's the that's the crazy part about it's it. Weird, right? It's super it's, weird. It's like a, a lot that they turned into a park in yeah. air quotes, and yeah, it's so, wild. So we're in there. I had no idea, but the uh, first house in South Buffalo was built in 1850, I believe. There, it's called the Buffum House. That's what it's referred to, and I. I Got on this paranormal tour because my uncle used to be like a historical um, preservationist in West Seneca and South Buffalo and whatnot. Okay. And he got us in there just like me and some friends once uh, uh, on different occasions. But then we went on this ghost tour. And so it was just a couple of you like chilling. Yeah. It, there walking was, the, around. This time there was a there was a bigger group. 
probably like, I don't know, 20, 30 people oh, in the group. Oh, jeez. Yeah, there was a lot. <laughs> yeah. And we all crammed this little ass yeah. house. The house was just, it was decrepit. It was, you know, it's so old. So they're trying to restore it and, you know, keep the history of it. There was a lot of break-ins and stuff there. But the house itself was really odd. It was eerie. We didn't experience anything there. But so, so the first place was the cemetery. The second place was the house. And it wound up at the Kaz Library. Um, I guess the Kaz Library, it's, a, it's an older building. Um, the Casanova Library in Kaz Park. Um, it's older. It's also it's, wild to me because I feel like I've taken books out of there before. When yeah. I was a kid, and I like, I, yeah, like, why would I even think that that was something that'd be haunted? So speaking, yeah, so speaking of books, um, they, so when we got back there, they showed us like this presentation of the shit that they found at the park and pictures that they took, and at the Buffum House uh, videos and pictures that they took. They showed us videos of some of the books falling off shelves, and they had a couple librarians there talking about the books. Like okay. falling off shelves and like how they hear it, they oh, feel wow, okay. people are in there and hear people and see something when they're there alone especially closing up at night can you imagine um, that you're going to grab the encyclopedia and it flies off and blasts you in the chest i'd probably be more pissed than anything <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that um, ready to fight a ghost yeah um <clears throat> just call uh just call bill murray and friends but uh yeah so <laughs> after after the presentation who are you gonna call yeah right uh, after the presentation, we got to go down in the basement, which the librarians had told us they feel a lot of things and experience a lot of things down in the basement. So, as you know, the most people were roaming around up top and in the basement. When people cleared out, um, I, I was with a few friends on this tour. Um, me and the friends I was with, we decided to stay in the basement and you were dumb and young and we were pulling out our phones and trying to get, you know, we're like, oh, we're ghost hunters, you know, and we're, we're recording shit and just like asking stuff like you would to like one of those Toys R Us Ouija boards and blah, blah, blah. But oh, the, the odd thing is, is Parker so, Brothers. Yeah, Parker Brothers. Hasbro. Oh, was, was it, Hasbro? it Hasbro? I don't know. It was one of them. Who knows? Uh, There's a movie. Thought it was PB. <laughs> but um, so my, my, my friend Katie, <laughs> my friend Katie and I, we pulled out our phones and we caught something talking in the room with us and we heard like i don't remember exactly what maybe she does i could try to figure out more yeah maybe it, for next week to just kind of update but that's wild we, we heard things we heard chairs moving around the, the whole it was like a it was like a a classroom setting there was a bunch Ugh. of chairs and tables and shit and we caught the same thing on each of our phones so it wasn't an anomaly and we right. showed the paranormal investigators and they wanted it, so we gave them the track off the phone. They, they took it off our phones, and uh, yeah, they, they, I guess they put it on their site and stuff. I'll try to figure out who, it's but I'll tell cool, you, though. I'll tell you something. Living in that area, that house that I lived in uh, on Oshawa, it was an older house. It was built in 1912. I had a lot of experiences in that house that I just cannot explain, as well as my roommate um, at the time. It was just him and I at the end. There was a bunch of us that lived there first. But when I first moved in there, I, I was on the bottom floor. And there was this big grate. Now, again, old house. So you could look down through the the um, air duct. Okay. And you could see the basement floor, basically. Oh, all right. And at gotcha. night, the light would turn on. Ugh. And I would see it turn on, turn off. And I would hear people talking in the basement. 
Most times, I would just finish my beer and go to bed and say, <laughs> yeah, the hell with that. It's the best way to do it. Um, sometimes it did kind of keep me up. I usually tried to play it off as somebody's TV. But there were some nights where it just was clear as day that the light was turning on and it was unexplainable. Um, an experience that I had there was a while back. Um, I was coming home from work. I worked very early. I worked two jobs at the time. I happened to be off from my night job. And I went downstairs to take a shower. The shower was on the first floor. And there's two landings. You enter through the side door. You hit the first landing. You can go to the downstairs where the kitchen is, the dining room, living room, two bedrooms, and the full bathroom. If you kept going up the stairs, my room was up there. My friend Jerry's room was up there. There was another room that we used for storage and closets. Um, my room didn't have a door because why not? I had a blanket up. That's how I lived. That's one of the few things I remember from that now place. You've been, you've been over a bunch of times, so it's I, crazy shit happened there. And Yeah, it was a weird place. A very weird place. So I, I, I went downstairs to take a shower. Um, I was filthy, work, sweating, blah, blah, blah. So I'm in the shower, and my girlfriend at the time was coming over. And I'm like, okay, yeah, she'll be here soon. So I'm in the shower, and you ever look under the under a door, and like you just know that somebody's standing outside the door because there's no light in the shadow? Right. Well, I see that, and the handle's turning. Now, I know this sounds like something out of a, a fucking horror movie. Right. The handle is moving and turning. Me, being young, I'm thinking, the girlfriend's here. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell but... Yeah. Oh, baby. I open the door, and nobody's nobody's there. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe I missed, maybe I missed whatever. Maybe a roommate came home and had to take a piss or whatever, and, you know, you never know. So I finish up. A minute later, I come walking out with my clothes. I'm dressed. I'm going back up to my room, and my girlfriend enters the house, and I look at her, and I go, hey, did you have to run back out to your car for something? And she's like, no, I just got here. She told me I turned pale white, and I, I, I just, I, I ran through the house looking to see if anybody else was there. I remember you telling me this story, like, when it happened. It just, like, sent shivers down my spine, because that place was always so weird. It was so weird. <laughs> you, it like, felt so, something. It was so odd. At times. And, um... And you just couldn't, like... You, you couldn't explain it. Yeah. You could not explain it at all. And the the hard part is, with me, I, I, I believe that there are things that are unexplainable. Right. And, I, you know, if, if a, I don't know, if something moves in the house or door closes or, or whatever, I'm like, oh, well, there's probably a logical explanation for it. Right. There are a few things in my life that I just cannot explain. And I, it, it, those are the stories that stick with me. Those are the experiences that stick with me. Very odd. And, mm -hmm. and I, I've been freaked out about that a lot. Um, also in that house, um, I've been told by my former roommate that when he was there alone, he, after I moved, we all moved out, he, he kept the house for a little while. He lived right. there. He said, so our, our backsplash in our kitchen used to be all mirrors. It was horrendous. I know what you're thinking. 
listening to this right now, you're like, who the fuck uses mirrors as a backsplash? But he said he was cooking the one night, and in the backsplash, he saw somebody standing behind him. And when he turned around to look, he saw the top half of a body, freaked him out. It zoomed right out of the door jam, or, you know, right, right in the doorway entrance. Right. Went down toward the basement, and the basement door slammed shut. He called me immediately that night. I had moved only a few streets over, and I drove over. And he just could not stop talking about it. He was so freaked out. So weird. When something like that happens, like, it's just, like, I don't know. There's something in your brain that just, like, flips the switch, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> so, you just go straight into, like, fight or flight mode. Like, it's, yeah, it's intense. It is so, so odd. Um, I've also had a, a few experiences at Pigman Road. Um, some of which send chills down my spine kind of researching it. Yeah. Um, I have now with the Pigman stuff, I have not experienced like the lights in the woods or anything like that, but I have heard trains that sounded very close. Hmm. Um, and nothing happens over the tracks. I have experienced like a heavy fog come in and heard a horn. Um, so that was, that was something that was mentioned, which just, Really brought me back to that moment. Um, yeah. I have walked the road, um, went under the tunnels, and when we got to the second tunnel, we the the people that we were with, the girls that we were with uh, at the time, said they saw the lower half of a body, screamed and ran, Ooh. and we all ran. Um, and the same roommate I had mentioned earlier, um, that on the walk down there, now, it could have been an animal. I'm thinking it might have been an animal. But, right, but he, right. He Fair enough. It's down. in the woods, pretty much. I saw something move in between him and I, and my friend is 6'6". Six, six. This man could have jumped clean over me from what he saw. <laughs> it was big, but for it, I don't know what Ugh. it was, but whatever it was, it was big. I did see it. I did see the shape of it. He looked like he was about to... Friggin', I I don't even know. I mean, he he just like grabbed me. He's like, did you fucking see that? And I'm yeah. Like, yes, I did. Blech. Let's not let's not freak out everybody else and cause a panic because it's. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Let's just keep walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jared, you got any more stories about? Do you have any more stories? Uh, about what we're doing? Yeah. Speaking of which, since you're on the the subject of Pigman, I actually had. My buddy John from high school actually wrote in, and he had a story from Pigman. And I was like, ah, I'll read it, you know? So, here we go. Here's that story. So, he says, when I was, when I was like 16, I went with my cousin, who had just gotten his license to Pigman's Road, to test out the legend. We were young and immature and certainly didn't have any respect for the story or the potential danger we could have been tapping into. Being typical teenagers, we did the obligatory drive slowly through the tunnels while beeping your car horn thing that is supposed to upset the spirit. After doing that and waiting a while, nothing happened. The initial fear started wearing off, so we decided in our infinite wisdom to get out of our car and to provoke the spirit more directly. It was mid-May, and it was relatively warm. 
and it was probably around 10 p.m. and quite dark. We threw some rocks at road signs and yelled at the woods, you know, typical teenager shit. I specifically remember yelling, come get us, asshole. I thought I was a badass. We wandered into the trees a little ways away, away from the road and had had parked the car just past the first bridge. After throwing more rocks and insults at the trees, we heard a snap or a crunch, like a twig snapping. There were plenty of fallen branches laying around after the winter, and it was hard to judge how far away the noise was. But after a few minutes of silent whispering back and forth, uh, did you hear that too? We heard a snap much closer. My cousin took off running toward the car, and I quickly followed. I swear I heard quicker and more frequent cracking branches behind me as if whatever was out there had begun chasing after us. Maybe it was my imagination, but as we got to the car, we realized it was locked. His car was an old Buick that didn't have automatic locks or a key fob, so we would have had to lock the doors manually when we got out, which we definitely didn't do. He fumbled to unlock the car while I yelled at him. We got in the car and took off driving. As we drove back through the tunnel, I swear there was a figure standing just outside the tunnel entrance on the side of the road. As we passed through to the other side, I looked back and saw through the tunnel on the other side a shadow about the size of a man stepped out into the road. He paused for a few minutes as we drove away and then continued on to the other side of the road and out of view. My cousin didn't see it, even though I yelled for him to look. Maybe it was my mind playing tricks on me. Maybe it wasn't. I don't have an explanation for what I saw. But I've been there many times since then. And although I've never seen anything like that again, I've certainly heard unexplainable noises and felt eerie and very uncomfortable presences in the woods around that area every time I've been there. Well, I'm not going to Pigman Road. You've been really... Quiet over there, my guy. I have I have nothing to. I'm just listening. Are you? I got nothing to input. I think Phil's scared. He was shaking a little bit. A little bit. For Phil's a like there. been like intensely listening to us, yeah. like just like staring at us. Like I don't want to go home. I don't want to be around these guys. <laughs> They're ghosts. You're gonna bring spirits into our apartment. We're all lightning rods for the paranormal. Basically. For for those of you who who may not have who picked up on it, Phil and I live together now. I, I, I downgraded for Phil from Jared. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's, I got nothing on that. I, never, I don't know. But I've never been in the woods uh, the woods near Pigman Road, so I I'm, I have once. Maybe I've never gone. I've gone up I've gone up to the railroad tracks. I've done that. I've never been in the woods. And then we realized this is dumb because we're just a bunch of kids on railroad tracks at night. Yeah, that's, that's so I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. But, uh, yeah, I've never had any real experiences at Pigman other than lightning striking the second we turn down the road. But that's a normal. Weird. Oh, I mean, that happens every time you turn down a road. You just like. Right. Lightning just strikes over the road and like. It does to me. I mean, it should at least should happen to everybody. It should. How do you know you've gone down that road if you don't have that check mark of lightning? That is very very fair. You know, it's very fair. Uh, I, I, I don't have. The personal experiences that you two have had. Uh, really, uh, at Valentown, it was mainly just uh, here in the music box. And then at uh, Rolling Hills, uh, just feeling weird. And uh, the biggest thing there is uh, in the in the morgue, there's like this, this metal 
thing that they would put the bodies on. I don't even know what it's called. Slab? Like a slab, yeah, like a metal yeah. slab. And when you're laying on there, you feel like pressure pushing down on you. But other Ugh. than, yeah, it, it's weird. Other than that, I haven't really had the experiences that others have had there, like my friend Zach, who told me about a time he was in at Rolling Hills Asylum, and they were uh, they were gathered in the infirmary uh, at uh, at the beginning of the tour, and out of nowhere in the distance, five of them standing uh, at the doorway heard a man screaming, and then as they were leaving, uh, he looked into another room as they were walking past it, and he witnessed it with his eyes, not out of the corner of his eye. He was staring right at it, a pair of legs from the waist down, walking toward a wall and then just disappearing. And he says, I mean, I saw solid legs looking directly at them as they walked toward the wall, and then they were just gone. Oh, uh, don't like that. Yeah, I've heard heard many a story like that from Rolling Hills. That's horrifying. I gotta get to Rolling Hills. We should do that. Yeah, yeah. There's gonna be a th- I agree. There's gonna be a time where after we cover all this shit, we're gonna become ghost hunters. Yes. We're gonna fucking explore all these places. It's gonna be awesome. Field trip. Field yeah. trip. I definitely want to go to Valentown. There's yeah. something very like I don't know why I feel drawn to go to that place. It just feels like it would it's be super spirits. cool. It's the They're looking for you, the Jared. The spirits are looking for me. The spirits want you there, Jared. I guess. I those, suppose those spirits want you. Uh, I'm destined to check it out. So, I so I have a story from a. Uh, we asked all of you guys on across our social media. You guys helped us out so so much. I, I thank you so much for helping. Thank us you. Out. Uh, Twitter, great Twitter response, Facebook response, Instagram. Yeah. You guys messaged in a lot of stories, a lot of places that you guys suggested. Um, and again, thank you. I, I had people even like, just like, oh yeah, yo, here, here's this article, here's this. So, also, we did ask you guys to tell us some of your own personal stories. Um, as you heard Jared's friend John, uh, Phil's friend Zach. Um, I have a story from my friend Jessica, who actually has a story that doesn't involve any of these places. Um, Jessica, she has an old ghost story from her childhood that involves her middle school um, on First School Street in Gwanda. Um, hmm. What she said was, it was a very old building. It's no longer a middle school. The inside of the building reminded me of something of an asylum. (coughs) It had a big marble staircase, and a lot of the rooms were locked. They were called janitor's closets or paper record rooms. It had a theater inside where a lot of plays happened. And our theater director was Cindy Ripley, a well-known person in theater. Uh, Some of the plays that she did were Charlie Chaplin-inspired or Schoolhouse Rock, the theater had an orchestra seating in front for the plays. There's a story that someone killed themselves in the upper offstage changing rooms by hanging themselves. A couple, she says, a couple of us middle schoolers broke in there with a Ouija board. The room had a massive amount of theater clothes and mannequins. It was like playing in a creepy haunted room with dust everywhere. We swear we heard classical music playing out of nowhere that turned very sad and it got cold. She then says that they booked it out of there. Um, And when I asked her who she went in there with, she said Mm -hmm. it was me and a girl named Katrina. She carved a K in my finger and I did a J in hers to be blood sisters before we climbed the old wooden stairs. She had a a boa around her neck in an old mirror um, and her friend had set up the Ouija board uh, Jessica then says that she could see her breath in the mirror and it got really cold. 
Then classical music started playing, and it turned slow. And she said at that point, we uh, booked it out of there. They were falling over one each other, one another to get out of that school. It's weird. That sounds horrifying. Yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely horrifying. Not a fan. I am going to be going to that school soon because I want to see what's in there. You enrolled? I'm, yeah, I enrolled. I'm going ah, back to middle school. Well, it's sweet. not middle school anymore. What was that Nick Cannon movie about when he was a he was a cop and he went back to high school? Like, <laughs> year. Wasn't that the drum movie? No, that Drumline. Was, yes, that was that Drumline. Oh, all right, close That's enough. Good. That's close. That's close. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we have so many creepy stories that people have sent us. Um, so many creepy stories that we haven't even covered yet. I would say. And I feel um, like we've been droning on for quite a while now. Yeah. It's uh, definitely going to be... Uh, we'll have more for you in the second part of this episode. We have so many spooky stories for you coming That's up. That's right. Our first episode is a dually. It's a dually. And uh, next episode, we're going to be talking about... I'm going to be talking about the Main Street Armory. And I forgot what else I'm going to be talking about. Shit. Let me give it a poke real quick here. Probably should have. If you have, up. if you have any stories on these, uh, hit us up on our social media, uh, Twitter, Front Porch Seven One Six, and on Instagram at Front Porch Podcast. I will be doing the Main Street Armory and the <laughs> Naval Park. Uh, Jared will be talking about the Central Terminal and the Hinsdale House, and then Mike has the New Fane Historical Society and the Frontier House in Lewiston. So, if you have any stories or anything that has happened at any of those places. Uh, be sure to get at us on social media once again. Twitter, Front Porch 716. Instagram, Front Porch Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Buffalo Kennedy, and it is the same for Instagram. You can follow me on both Instagram and Twitter, at Mr. Mike here. And Jared does not have an, I have a Twitter. No. He's Twitterless Jared. But he does have an Instagram. I have never tweeted... Uh, I you're, do have an Instagram. You're missing out on the tweeting. Yeah? Is it a good time? Yeah, the, the tweeter's pretty good. It's oh. cool. You get to tell everybody what you're doing and when you're doing it, and it's just like nobody like looks at And mine. you can get into fights with Trapped. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Which are hilarious, this, by the way. I so I, much more it's, fucking exciting than It's so funny. I, I almost want a Twitter just to follow the, the shit that, like, you do. The uh, only there. person that likes my fucking tweets is him. Yep. So I live vicariously <laughs> through his Twitter. Because I just I see Beautiful. his tweets and they're just there all alone and sad. Oh. And it's like, I'll give him a like. Why not? Hey, he, he somebody's got to. Yeah, yeah, someone has to. Yeah, yeah. But you have an Instagram. But yeah, I do have an Instagram and I can be followed at Umbrella Media BFLO. So, you know, if, if you want to check out some skateboarding, um, mostly my cat... Other than that, super interesting. Thank you, thank you. I know a lot of people are like, "Yo, look at my animal." But you, you have you have you have done a very well job at birthing that cat. Are you? Are thank you, you. Are you going to make the cat an Instagram? I should. I really should because he's he's a ham. Can I suggest a handle? Sure. Finn in the house. I like that actually. That sounds great. You're welcome. <laughs> you can pay royalties for it later when your cat becomes famous. Sick. Uh, we will see you guys one week from tonight for our second episode. We're going to try to get a uh, consistent upload schedule going. 
So we'll, we'll fingers crossed that we will talk to you guys again next week. Hopefully. Yeah, we appreciate you guys Maybe. listening. As always, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Talk to you thank guys soon. You. Maybe. Bye. Hey, everyone. Mike here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Front Porch Podcast. We really appreciate all the spooky suggestions of places to cover and the stories that you shared with us. Be sure to keep your eyes open for next week's episode where we cover more of your topics. Thanks for all the support, and we'll catch you next time. Thank <laughs> you.